This is episode 174 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. So welcome back to another episode of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. It's Anita here. So you'll want to tune into today's episode if you're new to learning up-to-date info about the pelvic floor or about pelvic health physio, or if you've been listening in for a while and you want a refresher. Plus, this is also a really great episode to share with your friends who might be new to learning about this. And today I have a special guest on, Lane Corp, who is a pelvic health and orthopedic and neurophysio. And she's been a fantastic addition to my physio practice over this past year. And so she has an incredible job at supporting clients with pelvic health concerns through all stages of life from preconception to postmenopause. So thanks for being on Lane. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So before we dive into today's questions, can you share a bit more about yourself and kind of why you decided to dive into pelvic health side of physio? Sure. So, um, as a new physio, I didn't actually realize that pelvic health was what it was. I thought that originally it was just people who were struggling with incontinence and that um, it only really helped you after you had a baby. Um, a friend of mine actually referred me to go to pelvic physio after my first baby because I was having some issues that weren't related to incontinence. Um, and it completely changed my life. And I realized that the impact that we can make with pelvic health as physios is massive. And I felt like there was a huge gap in care as far as that's concerned and something that we should have been talking about long ago, long before we even got pregnant, maybe even as young girls in health class. And it's something that we didn't know existed. And as someone who suffered with endometriosis, especially a lot of symptoms when I was younger, um, definitely something that I would have benefited from at an earlier age. But I just completely fell in love with it. I found a passion that I didn't know was there. And I think that that all basically sprouted from motherhood and going through it myself. Awesome. Well, why don't we start in with pelvic floor 101? Because I mean, again, we both see clients who may have been told to do Kegels, but no one tells them where these muscles are, what they do. And so people are like, I don't know if I'm really like finding my pelvic floor. So can you share about kind of where these muscles are and what they actually do? So the pelvic floor is the area between your two sits bones. So the two bones under your bum, your pubic symphysis at the front and your tailbone at the back. So those four points are basically our borders of our pelvic floor. That whole area acts as a hammock to all of your organs and your baby when you're pregnant. Um, also assists in bladder and bowel function as well as sexual function um to start there's also a lymph system that helps pump fluid out of there 
we have three distinct layers of muscles down there that we can assess internally with one or two gloved fingers vaginally or one finger rectally to have an idea as to what your coordination is like, what your tension is like, and what your strength is like. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's such a good uh, explanation. And it's I know it's hard on a podcast because usually we're so used to using our pelvic floor models to kind of show where these muscles are, which I know clients find super helpful. Um, but with the podcast, that was a great explanation that people can get an idea. And almost those sits bones that Lane was talking about, if you're sitting, you can kind of put one hand under each bum cheek so you can feel those bones and then get an idea kind of how wide the pelvic floor goes and then how she was mentioning the pubic bone to the tailbone. Because I think a lot of people are surprised how far these muscles span because most people are told do kegels as in you know stop pee so we picture they must be these little tiny muscles in that one little spot but really after hearing lane explain that now you get an idea really it's so much more than just that little area how we like to talk about the pelvic floor with clients is it's not just a set of isolated muscles but it's actually part of our inner core canister. So Lane, do you want to take that one and kind of share what the core canister is? Sure. So yeah, just like Anita was saying, it's it's an important part. And yes, we are considered pelvic health physios, but it's a lot more than just the pelvic floor that we're looking at. Um, in addition to integrating everything with your whole body, what we look at is that inner unit. So that is consisted of your transap so the area under your rectus abdominis in the front that wrap around to your spine like a corset and that is bordered by your pelvic floor muscles on the bottom and your diaphragm on the top so that is what we consider your can so if you think of your transaps as the round part of the can and your diaphragm as the top pelvic floor is the bottom and it all has to work together in a coordinated way to get full function and full length, full strength, optimally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's true. And there's, I think that's sometimes a misconception about pelvic health physios, we're just going to zone in on this one set of muscles. But as Lane mentioned, like we're looking at the entire body and how this core canister works, because for some pelvic floor issues, it's has nothing to do with a weak pelvic floor. It might be more, let's say, leaking with coughing or sneezing, opposing that pressure that goes down on the pelvic floor. Maybe it's just timing of those muscles or coordinating our breath or kind of even positioning ourselves in a different way so our pelvic floor can, you know, work more effectively. So I think that's really helpful to know is this canister system, but also that if you are seeing a pelvic physio, they should be looking at your entire body and not just this isolated set of muscles. Um, So yeah, let's go into some of the many kind of pelvic floor symptoms that we often see in clinic um, from clients, because I think a lot of people don't even, they don't necessarily know some of these are affected by the pelvic floor. So like Lane, you were mentioning like leaking is I think probably the most common one that people know about. Um, But what about in terms of the, we call it like the back part of the pelvic floor. What are some symptoms that kind of might come up for people that they may be really surprised are actually pelvic floor related? Yeah. So in addition to incontinence, um, obviously like we have pain and tension 
with sex, that kind of stuff too. But as far as referring to the back part of the pelvic floor, um, there's a lot of impact on the pelvic floor from how your bowel system is working. So if you're constipated or if you're only going to have bowel movement every few days, there can be a lot of pressure put down on the pelvic floor. You can have gas incontinence. You can have fecal smearing. So that's when you're not getting full sphincter release of the stool. Um, if there's a little bit of leaking, um, there's also pain in and around the anus. There's different issues with anal penetration that we speak about. And all of those types of things can transfer to different parts of your pelvic floor, but also through to your back, hips, um, and contribute to pain through like your SIJ region, anywhere through there. If there's kind of like a nagging pain that feels like it's not responding to treatments or, or traditional treatments that you feel like have helped in the past, then that's something you might want to look into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's really helpful. I would say a lot of people are surprised in sessions, even within the first assessment, right? Like we're, um, you know, asking how are bowel movements and all of that. And then people are, at, are typically pretty happy when, if they've been having constipation, knowing that actually pelvic physio can help. Um, mm-hmm. And they've never been told the pelvic floor could actually be involved. Um, some other kind of pelvic floor symptoms can be, you know, urgency, having a rush to the bathroom to try not to leak um, pee or stool, um, but also frequency. So if you feel like you're going pee more than every two to three hours, that can be considered uh, going like urinary frequency. And there's lots that can actually help those two things as well. Do you want to share about um, the different types of pelvic pain? Again, some things that people don't know are actually pelvic floor related. Sure. So pelvic pain can mean a variety of things. It can be pain in your pelvic floor specifically. You can have painful periods. You can have pain with intercourse. You can, like I said, you can have pain with anal penetration or pain with bowel movements. Um, That can also translate through pubic symphysis pain anywhere in and around your back, your hips, um, and even your lower abdomen. So depending on where the pain is, it can also refer down your legs. Endometriosis pain can also refer different parts of your body depending on where you are affected most with that. So it really can be anywhere um, and can be affected by a lot of different factors, including what's going on with the muscles, what's your coordination, strength, tension, et cetera. But also it can have a huge impact from your mental health, your sleep, um, your day-to-day stresses, all those types of things can all impact pain. Mm-hmm, exactly. And, you know, in terms of pelvic pain, it can be internally, as they mentioned, it can be externally. So like pain around the vulva area, clitoris area. Um, and I think, again, a misconception with that is some people say that they've been experiencing that pain and maybe they've seen a specialist about it. And because the area doesn't look different that their pain has been dismissed and for you to know if you are experiencing pain in this area like it's not in your head you are feeling this and there are a lot of things that actually can be helpful so if you haven't gotten help in terms of that and just been told or that it's just been dismissed to know if you could see a public health physio there's a lot that actually can help with this 
Um, and also too, we see, we'll talk a bit more about pelvic health physio, but to know like the pelvic floor can be impacted to whether you've had a vaginal birth, but also a cesarean birth and whether you've had stitches from a teratoid or episiotomy or not to know the pelvic floor, there is healing uh, needed after birth. So all of this can be related to the pelvic floor and there's help for it. So yeah, any other symptoms we didn't cover Lane that you want to go into? I think it's just one of those things. If you have any symptom at all that you think is even just something that's irritating you, even if it's just like a tingling or an itchiness or anything in that area, like it doesn't necessarily need to be like a straight pain or um, something that's clear cut. Like if you're unsure as to what's going on down there or you've noticed a change, um, that's something we can definitely work with you on and something we can likely help you work through as well. Totally. So why don't we go into a bit more about what it would be like seeing a pelvic health physio. And we've done a few episodes about this, whether about like virtual physio care, and we've had some episodes prior um, about in-person care, but I think it's really helpful to almost bring those two together in this episode. So can you share a bit, Lane, just about what it would be like to see a pelvic health physio for an assessment? Yeah, so right now we are doing, Anita and I are doing our assessments all virtually, um, which is honestly great right now, just because we have to go through a lot of education. Um, We love to hear about your birth stories and everything that you've gone through with your pelvic health, with your physical health, um, and just your health in general. So it's hard to do that with a mask on um, for the entire 70 minutes. So we'd like to do that virtually to get proper history. And then we will walk through different scenarios with breathing and go through some different exercises with you virtually. We'll get you to do different movements and watch how you're moving your posture um, and work with you basically on how to make that movement more efficient with using your breath. Um, With that, we do a ton of education, like I said. So we're going to talk to you all about anatomy. We're going to talk to you about how different systems are working and what goals we can expect to work towards and what goals are important to you because that's number one. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a really, really good way to sum it up with that because it's helpful for people to know it's not um, in the assessment. It won't just be that we're taking a history and the end, like actually in the assessment, we're going to be going through movement. We're going to look at whatever is symptomatic for you. If it's a movement, we're going to look at it and already start working on strategies that can already start to change those symptoms. So whether it's you're leaking when you sneeze, we're going to, we end up, we use a fake cough to mimic that similar pressure within the abdomen. So again, virtually over video, we can already teach you strategies. It might be changing your posture or activating certain muscles or breathing a certain way. And we can already start to see change with your symptoms, which is super fun. As a client, a lot of people are surprised things can change that quick. And then as a clinician, it's super fun for us just to see those light bulb moments and those changes happen within that initial appointment. I have a lot of clients who are surprised when we go through everything like, oh, do I really have to work on breathing this much? Like I breathe every day. How is this going to make any difference? And it's exactly the reason why it's going to make a difference because you do it every day. If you change the way that breath is coming in and where it's going, then it can have a huge impact on the rest of your body 
I think that's important to see that like once people start integrating these strategies into their everyday, the ch- that change can happen sometimes even just overnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we both find the breath is quite powerful when it comes to many things our clients have, whether it's leaking pee or pain or any any sort of symptom. Um, often things start with the breath. And that's kind of how we even lead into the pelvic floor. But we find if the breathing, if your breathing pattern isn't as efficient as it could be, changing that first can often change symptoms even before we have you start thinking about your pelvic floor, which is pretty, pretty incredible to see. So with that being an assessment, what, what would kind of treatment look like, whether virtually or in person? Yeah. So um, in person, obviously we could do an internal assessment, which we can't do virtually. Um, An internal assessment is not required. Um, It's not something that we have to do with every person, but it does help us to retrieve valuable information, um, give you a bit feedback. If you are wondering how those breaths are going or how the flower bloom or your relaxation is coming, or if you're actually achieving a proper quote unquote Kegel, um, or a pelvic floor contraction. So what we would look at is, as far as an internal is concerned, is all the factors that we kind of talked about already, but also assessing those different muscles in there, um, how, how your response is with your breathing and how you can link your breathing to help you make those movements more efficient. We can also assess if there's a prolapse issue internally, and we can also check that out in different positions to see how it behaves when you're doing different activities. Um, Virtual treatment is not a lot different from normal physio treatment. So that would be something like taking from you your symptoms and deciding that we're going to create some sort of program um, along with your body and exercises and go through that with you to try and help you achieve those goals. So whether that's doing certain exercises or going through some pain control strategies. Um, There's a lot that we can do virtually and we've been very successful actually doing virtual treatment. We have lots of people that we see only virtually. Mm -hmm. And it's just been, I think this year it's pushed well, the whole profession in terms of there's been times where all you could offer was virtual and then now we can offer a combination and that's what we actually prefer. And it's been helpful for clients too, because if for some reason someone can't come in the clinic, then it doesn't mean their treatment or their progress needs to stop. We can actually, if it's more that they need to stay home, then we can just continue virtually and continue their progress until we can see them in person again. And like Lane mentioned, like there's some people where we only see virtual for, because that's been what's worked best for them and uh, still get pretty, pretty awesome results. So That's been a lot of fun and a nice surprise for everyone this year. And um, in terms of, it's really great when you talked about like with the internal and it is, it's different. Some people wonder like, is this going to be like a pap exam? Um, And we always tell clients it is different. Like we don't use stirrups. There is no speculum. It's, and we're, we're talking you through it as you go as well. So both Lane and I, like we use our pelvic floor pelvis model to show you first kind of what we do before doing the internal. So kind of how we assess the pelvic floor muscles from the outside and internally, and then getting your consent. And through the whole assessment, we're checking in with you and getting feedback because it shouldn't be painful. 
we are asking for you to let us know if there's tenderness or pain with anything. So a lot of people, I think, after are pretty surprised again of like, that was better than I thought it was going to be um, <laughs> and much more comfortable than a pap exam. And also what's different too is we can assess your pelvic floor and standing, which I find is really helpful. It depends on the client goals, but especially for people who want to get back to running or if you're typically most symptomatic in a standing position, that is a really great way to check what's going on with these muscles. Or like you mentioned, Lane, about prolapse, if lying down, we're not noticing what someone's experiencing when they stand or when they squat, then it can really be helpful for the client and as well for us as the physio to get an idea of what's going on against gravity and standing. So that's also something different um, that as pelvic physios we can offer and clients find quite helpful. So another uh, common misconception too with pelvic health physio is a lot of people here, it's just for if you're pregnant or if you've had a baby, but really it is for anyone in any stage of life. So it can be preconception before you're having kids. Also for people who are deciding to not have kids at any point, um, this is quite helpful. And even there's pelvic health physio for kids. So pediatric pelvic health physio. So we definitely want you to know everyone has a pelvic floor essentially. So <laughs> pelvic health physio can apply to everyone. But Lane, do you want to share a bit more about, you know, other reasons why someone might seek out pelvic health physio and even symptoms that people are surprised can come up if you haven't had or if you haven't given birth? Yeah, absolutely. So um, basically anything that has happened to people postpartum could happen to someone before babies or in absence of pregnancy. Um, that can be anything from painful periods. Um, it could be that back hip SIJ type pain. There could be pain with intercourse or penetration, um, any kind of clitoral pain or pain with orgasm, any of those types of things um, alongside the constipation and all that kind of stuff that we talked about as well can happen pre-kids or in the absence of pregnancy. Um, if there's any kind of discomfort or dysregulation in that pelvic area, um, that's something we can definitely help with. Along with if you find that you are an athlete and you're getting leaking maybe with heavy weightlifting, or if you're finding that part of your performance has been impacted by, let's say, your flexibility in your groin region or something glute related, that's all stuff that we can address. Yeah, no, I think that was really great, Lane, because it's, again, that's a common misconception. Um, and people just might not be given that option too, if they're speaking to health professionals that, you know, they may not be told about public health physios. So I think this is really helpful. And for you listening to, you know, pass along to family and friends that, you know, there are benefits to public health physio for everyone, because everyone has a pelvic floor. Absolutely. So, yeah, awesome. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being online. It's kind of nice we got to chat on here. I know we chat a lot of times outside of the podcast, but nice yeah. to have you on. So nice to be on. Awesome. So yeah, can you share where can people find you? I know that you're in my practice in holistic health physiotherapy, but where else can they find you online? Yeah, so um, I have an Instagram, uh, lane.physio. 
is my Instagram handle and you can find me at Holistic Health as well as Trail Physio out in Millbrook. Um, if you want to have a chat or have any more questions, I'd be happy to talk to you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 